well, I'm an undergrad, so I don't really know anything. <laughs> and, and, the, and the professor in the front row right in front of me goes, he went, wow, that's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So welcome to the podcast. Uh, today we'll be talking about um, a few different things. I want to start off with something that happened last week. I was having a discussion with um, some people I work with in the high school about uh, pedagogy and how to teach kids. And it came up in a discussion that uh, uh, dialogue between teacher and student is obviously essential. I think, um, and this is something that we can talk about too, that the lecture style of just someone standing before their audience, before their students, and just going on and on till the bell rings uh, some people might be in favor, and I think there are, there are some benefits to that. Um, but I think it's a little bit—I don't want to say outdated, maybe not as effective, limited, just, limited in um, in trying to educate people. And so, this idea of um, dialogue—what what, what is it called? What's the word? It's slipping my mind. When um, uh, like a classroom setting, you have um, uh, Socratic seminar, seminar style, yeah, Sem- so. seminar style, yeah. Um, the seminar style of teaching um, is very popular. And I know Elisa, our sister, who teaches um, at Belmont Abbey College as a professor, her husband, Alex, um, they're very into um, this idea of a seminar style class. Mm-hmm. You put all the chairs together, all the students are facing each other, and it's like this conversation that they're having. Um, now, we were talking about the benefits of this, and one person was mentioning how um, that's the method that they um, use in their classroom. But it became that there was a that there was a problem. I think that became apparent in that pedagogy, insofar as what does a teacher do when all opinions are just laid bare and they're all considered valuable? Right now, in a high school setting, um, it was the, the particular example is that <clears throat> excuse me, some kids may not feel inclined to share because mm-hmm. they're shy. Some kids might feel overly inclined and they just want to show off to yeah. their friends. Like, but if you're trying to make all opinions valid, especially, you know, to put the problem pointedly, imagine if the shy kid who's struggling to speak actually speaks. And you're like, okay, good. He's getting to speak. But his point is so off the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how do you correct um, and how? What's the job of the teacher to encourage a dialogue and a conversation, but also guide people to truth, where there's only mm-hmm. one truth? And maybe the dialogue. The problem is that you have a like a multiplicity of truths. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so like, how does the seminar style not divulge into just relativism? Like relativism? Yeah, exactly. Um, this is why I think that the 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 pros uh, versus pros and cons. The pros of lecture is that you do get one educated idea that's, you know, the teacher knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I can rely on this as a solid opinion that's been, um, you know, checked by multiple professionals rather than some, you know, well, in high school, like some 15-year-old, <laughs> sure. right? Uh, you know, so, yeah, so maybe just the pros and cons of mm. um, seminar style versus lecture style um, and how do you... Um, What's the teacher's job in um, bringing out truth in a multiplicity of points 
you know, especially in, in, in the context of teaching, too, that you don't want to flatten. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 that's not a good idea, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I don't know yeah, if you guys have I, any thoughts I about that. I think the seminar style is not necessarily, like, asking if you have anything to contribute as opposed to, like, the end goal is that you want to pull out from them. You want them to come to the realization of the particular goal you have. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's it's a it's a tough thing because you don't. This is like like you said, you don't want this to turn into everybody just throw your hat in the ring and everybody's opinion is valid and class is dismissed. Right. Because then you don't actually like learn anything. Um. So it's, it's it's this very careful dance of guiding. It's almost that like what is that Aristotle um analogy where he talks about like midwifery. It's like you're getting them to birth the idea. Yeah. Socrates. So yeah. Uh, Socrates. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really it's a very careful dance. So I don't I don't know other than just that image and and those guidelines. I I don't know how that like practically plays works. out. Yeah. 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 Well, I I do think that the dialogue style can help facilitate greater knowledge because you have to uh, articulate your thoughts out loud, and um, there's plenty of I guess background research to show that when you explain something out loud. Mm-hmm it actually helps you remember and come to greater uh, understanding. However, I think at a certain level of education, I think I might prefer the lecture style uh, because the professor does, in fact, know more than you. Right. Yeah. And if you don't have a kind of a groundwork for that, then it becomes, like you said, it can kind of devolve into this uh, hour-long sharing of opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Nothing is really gained or, or learned. I, I had a class in seminary on St. Augustine's Confessions, and it was a very small like seminar class like this. And the professor was like a St. Augustine scholar. Mm. Like, the, like the Confessions, I think he maybe wrote his dissertation on it. He Like this was his thing. He, he brought our translation and his copy of, of uh, Augustine's original, like Latin, mm. like Confessions in Latin. Mm-hmm. And would read from the Latin, and sometimes would compare the translation to the Latin. Like mm-hmm. so, this man yeah. really knew his stuff, but he always wanted us to talk about it. <laughs> <Right>. And <laughs> I was a little frustrated because I was like, "But you know more, right? But you, right. you know this stuff, and you could really impart some serious wisdom about the Confessions to mm-hmm. us. That mm-hmm. then maybe we could have a greater knowledge, and mm-hmm. then maybe later talk um, a little bit more uh, informed. Right? Yeah. Informed. Yeah. I, that, that, that's that's. Sometimes a seminar style kind of gets under my skin. Are so there? Like, I don't really care what you think. I want to know what he thinks. Oh, and we've like, been in. Sure. <laughs> I don't know about you. Well, yeah, we've all you know um, been to college, and um, I went to school. You went to school. <laughs> no, no, but like those classes were just like some guy just won't shut up, yeah. and yes. the teacher yeah. won't stop him, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not going to learn anything today. Yep. Like it's just yeah, <laughs> that's painful. Yes. Um, in yeah. this particular Augustine class, did you have papers to write? Uh, we had one major paper. Okay. Because I feel like writing a paper is essentially getting at the same thing of like you want to articulate yes. this in your own words. Mm-hmm. And so it might be a little s- redundant to have it seminar and paper where it's like, you know, just make sure you're you're crossing, you know, checking the boxes of what you're trying to get out of these students and where you want them to be. Um, and so if you're like trying to have them articulate something in class, but there's nothing to articulate because you didn't like inform them. Then you're just kind of in this loop, and then yeah. and then you have them write a paper on what they articulated, but it wasn't informed. So it's like right, yeah, right. That, that's a good point. Uh, I, I think 
Because so the lecture might so like to your point is like the lecture style still gets you an opportunity to articulate your own thoughts, and that's what papers are for. Um, obviously, mm, there's like there's something about the in-person dialogue and throwing out the bad idea and having it corrected in real time, and that discussion is kind of like I think a higher level than writing a paper, but um, they kind of serve the same purpose. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely see pros and cons, but I kind of lean towards your thoughts, Lee, in that like I like just give me the wisdom. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like I, it depends on who's teaching the class, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it de- uh, like I said before, depending upon the level, I certainly think maybe masters and certainly PhD. Right. You should start to have your own thoughts and your own yeah. research on yeah. this. But at the undergrad level, um, maybe it's just because one time I was giving I was giving a, a presentation in undergrad in psychology, and a student asked me a question, and I said, uh, I, I prefaced my answer with. Well, I'm an undergrad, so I don't really know anything. <laughs> and, and, the, and the professor in the front row right in front of me goes, he went, wow, that's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it wasn't like – it wasn't that it was me. I, yeah. I didn't take it that he was saying you don't know mm-hmm. anything, but more like undergrads in general. Yeah. You're asking them – like this girl's asking me my thoughts, I think, on like the development of the DSM-4. It's like – Right. Yeah, right. I have some thoughts, but mm-hmm. I'm also – like yeah, I haven't yeah. – you know, I'm – Done the I, research right. and all the – yeah. So yeah. when it comes that's to fine. undergrads, you're right. It's like you you are the professor. You're the master. Yeah. You're hopefully the master of this mm-hmm. topic and a scholar somewhat of this topic. Give me the basics. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if there's a particular ish, yeah, thing I like about this topic, maybe I'll dive into it myself, right. get yeah. a master's, and then I can talk more uh, – Articulately or, or informed on this matter, but until then, you mm-hmm. have you have to give them the basics. Right. Otherwise, yeah. Said, what? You know. Yeah. Now I do. Yeah. I do think till I contradict myself. <laughs> um, I think that there is a uh, a way that the seminar style can be done that's not necessarily just like you said. You know, just get going. Everybody's opinion is valid. Um, particularly, like in the sciences, this was a very interesting example in my undergrad. Um, I took a physics class and I think it was the best teacher I've ever had. And he like used the Socratic method to pull out from us our like intuitive understanding of physics. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, he'd be like, all right, the cart's here and it's going down. What do you think will happen? But what if something is applied here and like would get us to uh, articulate a principle he's trying to teach us? Yeah. He's like, well, that's called the normal force. And, and then like he'll like write it on the board and then explain that. So he's like oscillating between a seminar style, asking questions and then whether or not we get to the right answer, he's still going to go into a lecture about the topic. Mm, yeah. So, like, it's this kind of hybrid where it's not just letting us, like, well, maybe that's what's going to happen. And anyway, yeah. <laughs> goodbye. No, that's true. I think um, I think that's right. That, that, that's what I would prefer. I think ideally a teacher kind of mixes lecture and seminar. And that's how Elisa does it um, too, right? She I, has, I think so. She yeah. has, like, lecture days. I think right. so. Yeah. And so – um. You know, let's just say if you meet on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe maybe have Monday, Wednesday lecture, Friday seminar. Right. And it's like, you know, this past week, you know, let's have a discussion. Mm-hmm. I also think it's the teacher's job to – and this is where it gets a little bit um, – like the talent of the teacher is really um, uh, um, necessary here mm-hmm. to shut down bad ideas and right. encourage good ideas. But not, but not shutting down students. And right. encouraging students, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's mm-hmm. an, I, there's a balance there. I think if you know, it, if a teacher is opening up the semester, your first day is um, syllabus day, and you're gonna encourage, if the teacher is gonna encourage seminar, to be like, okay, so if a student goes over, I'm gonna cut you off. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're, you know, 
there's ground rules essentially right, for right. seminar, and I think that that's valid. Mm-hmm. Um, or even within a specific day, lecture, get your points across, give the kids a couple of minutes to like write down mm-hmm. some questions and discussion points, and then go into right. conversation. Um, there's there's different ways that you can do it, mm-hmm. um, but I do think like to Lee's point that once you get at a certain level of education, you do want to drink in the wisdom from the master. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, one like if I was taking a course with Jordan Peterson, I don't want to be talking to a student. Right. I want him to be talking right, to right. me. You know, if he's like, this, we're going to open this up to discussion. Yeah, it's like, like well, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but yeah, that's true. But but that is to say, I do think even in a, a class like Jordan Peterson's, mm. um, I think it would be invaluable to, for him to get questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much, you know, with the like like the class talking to the class, but him opening up questions to, for himself and like kids, like, almost like having a conversation with the master mm-hmm. instead of with each other too. Yeah, um, right. Which is a little less seminar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that is interesting. A, a hybrid of all that, I think, is. Maybe, is maybe Healthy. the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm thinking of the the medieval university. You have the lecture period, and then you have the the disputatios. Yes. But that's right. when the, these questions would be asked. But again, it was masters mm. who were answering the questions. So it would it, this is this is where um, uh, Thomas or we see this in Thomas's summa. You know, the question answer mm-hmm. question answer uh, format is that's kind of how the disputatio would break down. Mm-hmm. You have somebody ask a question. Uh, to the master, perhaps there's some back and forth about. Well, it seems that, and then you'd get you'd get an answer. But ultimately, right. there is an answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. But but that's it's again you were talking about with you know a hypothetical class with Jordan Peterson is perhaps he might field questions but then offers an answer. Right. Um, right. That it isn't just uh, what what do you think? Yeah. And he and Jordan Peterson is not you know he's not <laughs> he's not shy to say like no that's wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, right, because yeah. I, I yeah. think the ultimate idea behind the question and answer and the replies and back and forth is to get at there. Is, there is some answer and there is some truth yeah. to get at, right? right? And it's not just a constant back and forth. So right. even in the seminar style and lecture style, um, there's that risk that the teacher becomes too rigid and too ideological. That they're like, "I'm going to lecture you with all my ideas, and these are the right ones. So just mm-hmm. listen." And then even that bleeding into the seminar style of being like, that's a bad idea. It's like, it's kind of like the job and the role of a teacher to be able to take the good and discard the bad in like yeah. this kind of nuanced way, um, showing why it's bad or or not being so hesitant to welcome in a different perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just, I think that's just what makes a good teacher. Well, you're right. And even, even in bad ideas, um, I'm thinking on, a, on the high school level. Um, it, you know, it could be detrimental to a kid if you just say, like, no, that's wrong. And he's like, well, I'm not going to speak anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, right. to, to actually kind of pinpoint the good that they're getting at. Because, like, they're, they're making a – if anyone's going to speak and make a point, it's because that they're, they're, they're attracted to some, some truth in mm-hmm. what they're saying. Uh, it might be totally misguided. But for the teacher to actually find that seed and then – Say like, okay, what you said here was, you know, good, but I think if we apply this and like, right. what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a shutting down, but actually yeah. like a redirecting mm-hmm. uh, of their point. Right. Um, I also think it's it's um, it depends on what subject you're teaching to. Sure, like um, physics, for example, is mm-hmm. a hard science, mm-hmm. and so there's going to be 
truths that should not be disputed. Mm. Uh, but like when you're doing a seminar style on like l- l- literature, right, and where the truths are not mm-hmm. as clear, and right. you know that that could be that could be interesting, especially if you get a teacher that's like, I, I don't know, like like right now you have a lot of modern interpretations. Of the classics, right? I was gonna say somebody, not, yeah, somebody comes like a teacher comes in with their interpretation of a text, like even a piece of literature, yeah, and some somebody chimes in with their perspective that may be valid, but it's not like their line of thinking. And yeah. Like, no, that's that's not how I read the text. It's like, right now we're kind of splitting hairs here. Yeah, and that's why I do think like the vocation of a teacher is um, it's not just something that I don't know it. it there's a certain talent to it, I think. Yeah. Um, and it, I think teachers have it a lot harder than sometimes we give them credit for. I think, too, that um, it it definitely relies on trust in that, like, if you're going to – if you have a relationship with your teacher, knowing that he's going to call you out because he's trying to bring you to a certain good, then yeah. you're a little bit more easy toes. to be like, okay, no, tell me where I'm wrong. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, as opposed to – feeling like there's opposition like i don't know you why are you calling me out yeah um i see it in the in a in kind of a fractal sense from parenting and that you want to establish that relationship with your children so that your discipline doesn't just come off as harsh sure um and so like if if teaching is essentially that kind of like teachers taking the parent role during a child's development then they're going to have to kind of establish a relationship with those kids in an analogous way to parents yeah, um, so that they can correct them when they need to be corrected. And there's not this like, well, that destroys my universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I and that's just harder to do the bigger the schools are, you know, like that's why well, like, yeah. yeah, like a class of 300, right, you're not exactly. having a seminar. You're yeah, not, you're not going to know these kids. <laughs> right. In those big universities. But, and that's the benefit of these small, mm-hmm. like liberal arts schools right. is when you have a class of 15, 20, you can have a conversation. You know the people, mm-hmm. and there's a, a certain trust that you mm-hmm. have there. Um, I think it was Elise. One of Elise's mentors um, told her, "The most a teacher can do is provoke." Mm. That's very Socratic. Yeah. Of like, you know, I'm oh, I don't teach truth. Mm-hmm. I just like I'm the midwife, mm-hmm. you know. But I think that that kind of flies in the face of um, lecture style. <laughs> in a sense, it's like if all you're doing is provoking, um, then what do you have to teach me, right? right. Um, so maybe that needs to be nuanced. It sounds cool, (laughs) but I I don't know. I I guess when I think, when I hear provoke, that can mean a lot of things because it could provoke wonder. Right. right? Like like, like a lecture could provoke you to want to, uh, become a, a more learned person or, uh, to pursue a different topic, Mm. to pursue this topic, whatever, unless they, unless they meant provoke it in I think provoke more... towards wisdom, maybe like yeah. broad. I, yeah. um, I don't know. He, he I she think didn't, she didn't uh, contextualize it. The way that Peterson did his biblical lectures, I feel like, is an, a good example of like this is definitely lecture style because he's mm-hmm. not opening it up to other people's <laughs> opinions at the moment, but he is bringing it in a way that's like, I want to gather all of this information and present it to you, and that is in itself provoking. Yes, it's sure. like he's not right. drawing these like, and that's what that means. Like, and like he's just being like, here's all the things that I've been thinking about as a presentation. Yeah, um, and then you make your own gestalt. Right, I'm saying so. He's not being like, I have the spirit of this, and here it is in its entirety. Listen to me. Um, 
it is like a an invitation to be provoked. Yes, that's a really good point. It's just like almost like you know provoked towards wonder, mm-hmm. as you said, could be um, a good way to put it. I think yeah. education it does fall on a student to be educated ultimately, because you can have the best teacher in the world, or the let's just say the most knowledgeable te- mm-hmm. um, person in the world giving a lecture, and if your soul is closed off. Mm-hmm. You might even participate to get participation points. Right. But if you're not thinking about these things when you leave the classroom, then like, what good is it mm-hmm. doing? And sometimes maybe, like, ideally, those conversations about um, certain texts you're reading, perhaps it's best that it happens outside of the classroom. Right. That, you know, you, you, you're inspired with these ideas, and then you and your friends are like, mm-hmm. just talk about it more outside of the classroom. That's where you're going to get the most out of it, mm-hmm. is that you're constantly thinking these things through. Um, yeah, and I mean, and that's really on the, that is on the student, but I think it's it's on a teacher to get the student to that level of like be interested in this, right? right? So yeah, I think it's it's uh, unfair to take the child's, particularly you know eighteen and under, um, it's unfair to take that person's environment out of the equation as to like what happens when they go home. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, like that Charlotte Mason principle, education is an atmosphere. Yeah. So like, do you yeah. want to live in this atmosphere that you learn something in this particular building, but you're coming home and it's still part of like your whole, the air Aura. you breathe. Yeah. 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 Mm. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just now thinking uh, about that environment you're talking about. Uh, I'm thinking about seminary where you just, you know, it's all in one building and, mm-hmm. and you yeah. never really leave. And, you know, it always seemed like, uh, like a lot of good thinking got done there, and it's because it you actually like were literally living and breathing yeah. in the same mm-hmm. building yep. that you can never get away from, and perhaps at times it was mm. annoying, yeah, because <laughs> you could never get away from it, yeah. Um, that was just an anecdotal thing, but I'm just yeah. now thinking your home and the place you learned were the same place, yeah. which is not, yeah. which is a very unique experience. Mm-hmm. You you usually there's even there's at least a dorm, right? Maybe right. like you like yeah. you don't sleep. You know, and uh, well above the classroom, but that's, in no, this that's case, a, you actually did. That's a good point, and especially in seminary, like living, learning, and praying, right? And so, in a sense, all these things are so connected to each other that yeah. it just becomes one mm-hmm. thing. And I think it's dangerous, like you know, in seminary that we like to talk about the four pillars, right? But it's like, in, in a sense, I think they're all connected, right? And you know, f- um, edu- uh, your your intellectual pillar and your human formation and your uh, spiritual formation, mm-hmm. like all those things are connected to each other. And I don't, you know, I think if you're not doing well in your prayer life, like you might be passing your classes, but are you really integrating what you're learning? Right. To become that one person, mm-hmm. right? That integrated person. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah uh, Seminary is a good example of that. My uh, my natural theology professor encouraged us to take our sum- <laughs> the Summa Contra Gentiles into, <laughs> into the chapel. Yeah, well, which, which was <laughs> tough. It's it, it's tough to that's funny. to get into that in chapel, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> that was a radical <laughs> radical integration of, right. of that. I, I mean, but. I think you could if you if you understood like that all truth points to God, right? Yeah. And you're not you're not reading it to to um, study, like a, you know, to pass a test. But right. I think one of my the greatest spiritual directors I've ever had was a Dominican. Um, and he would recommend that um, I bring literature into the chapel to pray. And he really helped me um, get into, like, this method of praying a holy hour. Um, and it's like, don't, you know, of course, you're not bringing in 
comic books and just reading mm-hmm. for fun and trying to spend the, like past the hour. Um, but if you're bringing in literature that's good, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, even like the Canterbury Tales, mm-hmm. you know, bring that in and see how, you know, the, the Knight's Quest, um, you know, to bring out the archetypes. And when you find something that's profound, stop and pray over it. You know, like that's that's a totally valid um, way of praying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it's the uh, part of a teacher's at least uh, maybe aim or the ideal for a teacher is to inspire the students to see education as a, maybe a way of life. Right. Kind of as you were talking about, Father, um, that it's not just what happens in the classroom, but it's what happens for the rest of your life mm-hmm. uh, outside the classroom, uh, in the library, that it's to, to I guess, have a, a love of learning and to get deeper into whatever topic that you find interesting and um, but have that permeate your life as an atmosphere, mm-hmm. as an environment, yeah. that even that when you graduate and you go off and whatever your adventures, that your home becomes... Uh, a place of further study and education. Yeah, right. I think is maybe an ideal that teachers strive for. Yeah, for sure. That was um, that was a big part of me coming to like love my faith in a deeper way. I'm not going to get into my vocation story. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> love the genre of vocation. <laughs> a good vocation story. Nothing like a good vocation story. No, but um, going to Belmont, um, taking um, have you ever taken uh, Preston, Doctor Preston? No, uh, okay. I I had finished up. Those required classes okay. by the time he came. Yeah, I I um I took his um intro to philosophy class, um, but I remember very vividly like leaving his classes and still thinking about the questions, um, and just I mean, growing up Catholic, we took apologetics, um, mm-hmm. and we were interested in those ideas insofar as they were true and we can you know they made sense to us, but learning about philosophy on a natural level and just like what is truth what's the mm-hmm. nature of truth like that just my interest was just like really heightened and like leaving i remember just leaving those the, the classroom going out into the hade and having a cigarette with some friends mm-hmm. and just like talking about this stuff it was like some of the most foundational education of my life um but while dr preston inspired that in the classroom i was interested but Really, the the most memorable moments were talking about those ideas outside of the classroom, mm. and making education the right. environment. You know. Now, was Doctor Preston uh, seminar or lecture style? It was a mix of both. Mm. Uh, he maybe more so seminar where he opened. No, I would say fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. I would say fifty fifty. Um, we didn't sit around in a circle. We all sat facing him. Right. Um, but he would kind of walk around the classroom, um, go off on rants. But then ask like, so why is it this? Right, and then we would answer. Um, so it was engaging, and we had a discussion with him, right? Not necessarily with each other. So, yeah. So yeah. I think that I think that like to your point about uh, the conversations outside, you feel like gave the the most foundational uh, source of your yeah. education and understanding. Um, I think that's what Elisa's mentor is getting at when he said. To provoke. We can only provoke. Yeah. It's like a real education happens after the fact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like after yeah. you've ruminated, after you've discussed and yeah. and, inter- and it's born and inside of you in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, very Socratic. Now, side note, um, sidebar. Preston died like two weeks after that class. Wow. That was yeah, that was um 
he died in August 2011. Mm. Um, and I took that class, what was that, that fall semester, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, no, I guess the it spring. would have been spring. And then, yeah, so spring, I took that class. My first semester at Belmont Abbey was in January. Mm-hmm. Took it with him. And then at the end of the summer, he died. Um I still visit his grave to this day. I'm like, wow, thanks, buddy. Yeah, so. that's no, awesome. not like that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So nice. Anyway, that's yeah, good stuff. That was good. Um, uh, my thoughts on education. Um, do you want our thoughts on education? <laughs> thoughts on a seminar and lecture. So. Do you guys want to jump to the bonus? Um, we'll keep this one short. Um, we are going to. Joseph has what are these things? Jeremy's chocolates. <laughs> Joseph's got some chocolate for us to try. From the Daily Wire. Daily Wire Chocolate Factory. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Daily Wire Chocolate Factory. Um, yes. We're going to try them and discuss our thoughts on if Jer- it's, Jeremy's. If it's good. <laughs> yeah, whether or not you should buy them. Um, but just business in general and, you know, whether or not companies should be anti woke or, or just be neutral and, like, you know, just, just good at what they do. Given the climate we're in and et cetera. Yeah. Um, we'll discuss that on the bonus. You can go to basicallyrelated.com to sign up for our bonus episodes. We'll see you next week.